Bristol Rovers Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gascast. I'm your host, Max Alderson, and I'm pleased to be joined by Andy from Fratton Faithful. We're trying out a new style of episode this year, where we have a chat with an opposition fan about an upcoming game. Andy, thanks for joining me. No worries, it's, it's nice to have a chat. Why don't, we, why don't you start by telling us a bit about Fratton Faithful and how long you've been involved with this? Sure, uh, so Fratton Faithful is essentially a Pompey fan group uh, that was founded a fair few years ago now. Um, predominantly on Facebook. Uh, we've got a, a team of, of admins, who, some of whom are involved a bit more internally with the club. We've got um, uh, one of the commentators on our, uh, on the local FM radio who does the commentary for the Pompey Games. Um, and essentially we're, I guess, in a similar position to you in that we just try and get information out there for, for our fans uh, who are just browsing Facebook, browsing other social media during the day. And um, yeah, get people having a conversation about about what's going on with football, which is what we all love doing, really. Yeah, it's great to see other sort of um, other clubs doing similar things, and it's it's almost like the past sort of three four years. It's become almost like mainstream that you're getting loads of podcasts and blog pages um, going so viral on Facebook and Twitter. Um, Absolutely, and getting yeah. The, getting the I conversation mean, going. It's one, yeah. Social media is just one of those things that everyone is now on, and everyone wants to be in the loop as much as possible with what's happening with the team. So, yeah, it's it's so so easy to go viral with this sort of thing nowadays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, well, let's let's start, I guess, by discussing <coughs> the form of the two sides lately. Um, Pompey are sitting currently sitting nicely at third place, um, but only three points outside of the automatic places mm. um, as we record this on Thursday evening. Um, Rovers down in 19th but only out of the relegation on goal difference so it's safe to say there's a bit of a gulf between the two sides wouldn't you say? Um, maybe in terms of the table but in terms of the form from what I know uh, Bristol Rovers are on a, a decent run of form at the moment whereas for a, for a variety of reasons we've had a bit of a slump that we're hoping we're you know coming out of now but we've not I don't think we've won in the league since New Year's Day so it's been a bit of a, a bit of a slump we were five or six points clear um, at the top of the table and for a few reasons to do with injuries, recalled loan players, etc, etc. It's It's been a rough couple of months or a rough month and a half um, yeah. where we've been stealing points here and there, but we've never really managed to put you know our foot down and really uh, you know force ourselves on the game at all in, in the recent fixtures. So we're hoping that you know this Saturday and, and with Tuesday against you guys coming up, that'll be at the start of the turnaround. But we're we're fortunate, or well, not fortunate. We're uh, in a good position that we had that buffer at the top of the table, I guess, that we can have this bit of slump in form and still be up and around the automatics as we come towards the end of the season. Sure, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at your form, and like you say, the last five league games, three losses, two draws, mm. um, three two losses to <coughs> top of the table, Luton lost two yeah. one at Oxford lost 1-0 to Blackpool at home, mm. drew 1-1 with Doncaster, which is it's not a bad result, to be fair, considering mm. how well they're doing. And most recently drew 1-1 with Plymouth. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, the form table doesn't lie. As I said, there's been a few, a few reasons for some of those performances in terms of uh, injuries at the wrong times with some, some key players. Uh, we had a, a central midfielder called Ben Thompson on loan from from Millwall, uh, who got recalled because he was playing too well in League One, and Millwall, I think, had a couple of injuries and recalled him. And we haven't been able to to, to replace him in in midfield really. We haven't found anyone of that quality to really do the job that he was doing. Um, I'll stand sound like a standard football fan when I 
I say we haven't had the rub of the green in terms of some some decisions. I I completely think it evens out over the course of the season and probably between August and Christmas, maybe we had um, the good rub of the green, but in the last few games, that's definitely evened out. There's been a, a couple of dodgy free kicks. The one that um, Plymouth scored at the weekend was, as admitted to by the majority of Plymouth fans, I've seen never a free kick, uh, which Carrie then absolutely banged top corner. Um, and I think it was the winner, um, potentially the winner against Luton, possibly, where, again, came down to a, a couple of dodgy refereeing decisions that gave away set pieces that resulted in us losing the game. Um, I'm not saying that we would necessarily have won those games with without those decisions, but they've certainly played a part. So, again, we're hoping that, <laughs> that we start getting the rub of the green again as, as the season moves on. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that it does even out over the season. Um, the last three, four seasons, it's been that way with us. First half of the season, bad. Second half of the season, good. Mm. Um, and I'm hoping that we start to get some good come soon because, uh, yeah, the referees at the standard aren't great, but generally, like you say, it does even out. Oh, the um, thing is, it's, it's so difficult because, I mean, particularly in, in previous seasons when we were in League Two, you really noticed it, it's that referees get moved down the leagues to, uh, oh, to yeah. officiate based on bad performances. <laughs> so you're yeah. the League Two referees are the ones who are doing, you know, a worse job. And I, I'm... Again, I fully believe that it does even out. I'm not, you know, you're a football fan who's going to just say that everyone's against Pompey. They're not in the slightest. But the overall standard of refereeing, I think it was uh, in a game, Pompey weren't involved in this game, but there was an Accrington, Accrington Stanley game a couple of years ago where they had a shot from just outside the area and the ref blew for half time while the ball was in the air and it flew into the top corner and the referee didn't count the goal. And it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. The FC Wimbledon game. Uh, I, uh, I thought it was Accrington Stanley. I can't remember who the other team yeah. was. I could be incorrect. Oh, yes, it was, yeah. It was Accrington against AFC Wimbledon. And oh, was it? that okay. goal, be- because that goal didn't stand, it meant that the Rovers got promoted that year. Oh, because so had- you, your listeners yeah. are probably a bit happy <laughs> that refereeing decision then. Yeah, they but will, yeah. That, that sort of standard is just, it's, it's difficult to watch at times from the stand, but yeah, yeah it is what it so, is when you're down here. Yeah, so we were both, we've both been in League Two quite recently. And mm. for me, noticing the biggest change between League Two and League One has been the finishing. Mm. Um, I don't think generally footballing wise, there's too much of a difference between the standard of, of play you see on the pitch. Mm. But um, I've, I've found, I don't know if you found this to be the case, but giving central midfielders 25 yards of space, you just can't do at this level. Yeah, I would, in, I'd in certainly agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I think the, the, the margins are much, much smaller at League One standard. And as, as we've demonstrated in the, in the last couple of, couple of months or month and a half, you really get punished when you don't take your chances. I mean, we played uh, QPR in the last last round of the cup. We uh, drew at home in the first, well, what turned out to be the first leg, and then lost lost away at QPR in the replay. And again, we have a you have a very limited number of chances playing against Championship opposition, but we could have won that first game. Um, Brett Pittman had an incredible chance to put us one up in the first half, start of the second half. And yeah, you just get fewer good chances and it's just so important that you, that you take the ones you get. And it's, the ball's just not been going in for us over the last you know six weeks or so. But yeah, I, I'd certainly agree with you that there's the overall standard in terms of outfield play. Probably I wouldn't say there's a, there's a massive difference for the most part with a, a few exceptions. Obviously, people like Will Grigg is obviously going to be a, a step up from, sure. um, you know, potentially some players near the bottom of the table. But for the most part, it's... It's just so competitive. As the last few weeks have shown, teams around you seem to be winning as well. So Plymouth oh, yeah. have gone on a really good run recently. Um, yeah. And even teams near the bottom of the table are taking points away from teams near the top of the table. It's just that, yeah, those margins are so small at this point. 
Yeah, I think it's the it's our third season in League One since going up, and it's definitely the most competitive. Mm. And going into the season, I was saying anyone could win it, anyone could go up because you you could not pick. There was no other than really Sunderland mm. and um, and your, yourselves in terms of fan base. There's no big big clubs in this league. <coughs> uh, everyone's got similar sort of mm. budgets and and um, budgets and, and and fan bases. Whereas mm. last year you had Blackburn, you had Bolton, yeah, uh, Millwall. Well. And uh, you guys have just come up, I think, in that year last season. Yeah, and then uh, Wigan were there with a, a big. Budget oh yeah, Wigan, because uh, our manager disappeared to join them. Paul Kirk. <laughs> yes, I remember Paul Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so it's. I think this year is definitely more competitive, and you can see that at the bottom of the table because I think uh, before Saturday's games, it was um, something like eight points separated twelfth and second bottom. So nice. it's crazy. Like, and we've and we've had so many chances in recent weeks to we've had a few six pointers at home to pull ourselves away from the drop zone and we've just mm-hmm. drawn them or lost them. And it's, mm-hmm. it's so frustrating because we go away and we get good results and it's such a tight league and it, it really could be any one, any four from 12 teams that go down. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I like to, it's good to see at least at the, uh, at the top of the table, things are a bit, it's still competitive, but um, there's really, it's only really a four horse race for the title, I would say. Oh. Let's hope so. That would, if it's a four horse race for the title, that guarantees us a playoff spot. So let's hope you're right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say that you're safe for playoffs, but you never know. Uh, I think, well, when it's your own club, you're never safe. You never say you're safe. <laughs> I'd never say that in mid February. It'd be nice, but yeah, it's, but that's why, again, that's why we like or love the game, isn't it? I mean, the, the season we, we won League Two, that last day of the season where it could have been, I think it was us, Doncaster or Plymouth winning the league, and we were in third at the start of the day. And they yeah. both dropped points and we uh, beat Cheltenham 6-1, I think it was. And then, yeah, just nicked it. And we were only top of the table for about half an hour in the entire season and yeah. won the league. And But, yeah, it's just, that's why we love the sport so much is because it does come down to those oh, those yeah. crazy small margins. That sort of brings me nicely on to um, our promotion in, from League Two, what, like you say, on the last day of the season, we... Yeah. Um, we scored a 94th minute winner to put us up to third <laughs> as Accrington were drawing, which is probably the, the greatest uh, limbs I've ever been in in my life, <laughs> has to be said. Um, but that sort of brings me nicely to that goal scorer, which is Lee Brain, um, <laughs> who is uh, a player you're now familiar with. He's a bit mm-hmm. of a cult hero for us, like I said. Um, a lot of us were sad to see him go in the summer, but we were surprised that he got a move to Pompey. We really didn't think that he was much more than an average sort of League mm-hmm. One fullback. Uh, we were probably guessing, he said he wanted to move closer to home, which was London. So we were all guessing like AFC Wimbledon, um, maybe Southend, a club like that. Mm. But um, to go to Pompey was a bit of a surprise to everyone. And I think it's, or is it fair to say that he's been one of the first names on the team sheet for you guys? Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, he's his first choice um, left back. So he's, I think he's played, I can't think of a game that he's, he's missed since joining. So he must have played, uh, played close to 30 games now. Um, hasn't, Hasn't done that. Uh, the thing you mentioned there about being an incredible goal scorer. He, he thought he got his first one against uh, against QPR in the FA Cup, and then they gave it. Oh, they gave it a new goal. Oh. Connection one of it. There we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. He thought he got his uh, first one against QPR in the, in the FA Cup, but they gave it his own goal quite rightly. But no, he hasn't. He hasn't banged one top bins just yet. But he's yeah. He's been extremely solid. He seems to fit in well with the group. Uh, we went through a stage. Must have been. Started last season potentially uh, for for the majority of last season where we kept bringing in left backs and they just kept getting injured and we could not nail down a first choice left back who could stay fit 
Yeah, because you guys, you guys had Tariq Holmes Dennis, didn't you? We did, yeah. And he looked, yeah. he played some pre-season. He looked really promising. And then was it his ACL? He did, he did something extremely serious. I think it was, yeah. two, and he was yeah. out. For, and then, yeah, he was out for an extremely long time. And it's just been a bit of a a bit part position for a lot of them. We really struggled to replace Ender Stevens, who was first choice of the year we came up from from League Two, and he got snapped up by Sheffield United. Okay, so he's, yeah. he's playing for the Republic of Ireland, and he's just an incredible left back at this at this standard in it a decent left back at championship standard i'd imagine and sure. we just struggled to to get a, again struggled to get that like for like replacement of the same quality because in in league 1 league 2 when you've got those quality players they generally you know get snapped up in a transfer window they do yeah you're right and uh, yeah, it's, he, it's... he seems to have fitted in really well with the group lee brown um from what i've seen on in terms of the pompey uh, social media outputs that the, the club do he seems to get on really well with the rest of the rest of the side. Um, he, when I can't remember which game it was, we didn't have a shot on target until the 80th minute or something, and then the, the Pompey fans started chanting, "We had a shot" for a bit of a laugh, and he wasn't too impressed by that and made a comment <laughs> after the game, which sort of uh, probably riled a few Pompey fans up. But he's been, yeah, a solid player who's he's not looked out of place in the Pompey team anyway. So yeah, if if, if Bristol were overseeing him as an average. League One player, then he's he's representing well. Yeah, well, we a lot of us were thinking that he was getting a little bit slow. He'd been with us for eight years, so oh, really, okay. Um, we signed him from QPR back in 2011 when he was 21. Mm. He was sort of like an up and coming left back, but he's played pretty much every game for eight years. So he was he almost became part of the furniture, and I think he did need the move. Um, it, it he was like in our League Two promotion season, he was one of our best players. He got something like 13, 14 assists from left back because we yeah. played such a wide system um league one he seemed to he didn't struggle so much but i think we were just looking because we usually in league one um our old manager daryl clark he, he liked to play um five at the back so uh brownie would be playing as a wing back quite a lot which wasn't really his natural sort of position sure. he's more of a lose his pace a bit that's right he's more of a back four left back yeah. i think at least um but yeah, the moves needs to be good for him, and we've replaced him with Tariq Holmes Dennis, funnily enough. So, just oh, a roundabout, isn't it? League One. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Holmes Dennis was out injured up until December, so he was he'd been out a long time. So he wow. was a bit of a risk signing him. We've been playing a youth How left back. Looking? Yeah, Holmes Dennis has been good. Yeah, he started out at left wing um, because we didn't have a, a left winger fit, um, and he did really well there. Now he's moved to left back, right? Um, and he looks okay. Yeah, he looks good. It's still early days for him. I think he's only played about eight games, um, but he's he's quick. He's got a brilliant cross on him. Mm. Um, I've just he he um the last game against Shrewsbury at home, which is a relegation six pointer. It was one one in the dying seconds, and he tricked his way into the box, went round his man, and there was three three players on the centre so on the penalty spot, and he just shot it, and fired it into the side netting. I just think, what are you doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, he's still not the finished article. I think he's only twenty two, but he's a good prospect. And sure, um, I think we spent a bit of money on him from Huddersfield. So I'm hoping he turns out to be a good, mm. good fullback, and hopefully return that investment. Yeah, we thought um, he looked really promising when he first ended up at Pompey. It was we were gutted he got injured so badly because he looked yeah, in pre season he looked like a, a really good prospect. So it's good that he's going to get some first team football with you guys. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he doesn't get re-injured. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about January. You guys were quite busy. Um, so yes. A few, few good players. Andy Cannon from Rochdale's 
someone yes. I've rated for quite a while. Omar Bogle is, is quite a dangerous player. We know what he's, he can do at this level. Mm-hmm. And Bryn Morris from Shrewsbury, I think, is the other one. Yep, so, so um, you'll be glad to hear that Cannon's out. Oh, he's out He's out on Saturday's game. Um, so whether or not he'll be fit for, for Tuesday against you guys, I'm not sure. But um, he's, he's not fit for our, our weekend game, um, which, okay. yeah, should be a relief to you. Um, <laughs> uh, Bogle's come in and, and look good. Uh, generally, we play sort of a, a one-man, um, one up top, so a four-two-three-one with a target man up top. And one of the reasons that our form has suffered a bit is that our, our target man... Um, has been has been injured, um, Ollie Hawkins and Barrett Pittman, who came in as sort of first choice, who's done incredible things in football and with us. Um, he's just not suited to that holding up play, you know, um, holding up and then getting rid of it to, to one of the three attacking midfielders. It just doesn't suit him. Whereas Bogle's come in, and he looks big, he looks strong. Um, I think he was on some something he did against Plymouth was on Soccer AM. He did a couple of turns and then and then megged one of the Plymouth players and then called him on it as he ran past. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he he scored a couple of goals already for Pompey and he's he's getting a very good first impression across by the sounds of it. I mean, I've not seen him play in person yet, so I'm every home game, but not not the away games for for work and marriage reasons. Um, and the the one home game he has played, I couldn't get to because of the snow. So. I'm looking forward to seeing him in action against you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But he's really, yeah, he's really uh, making a good first impression. We, we lost a few of our, our loan players around Christmas at very short notice. So Andre Green was with us from Villa and scored a couple yeah, of last-minute goals in the FA Cup. He scored, I think it was uh, Rochdale in the third round and Norwich in the fourth. Yeah. Um, or, no, second and third round, sorry. Uh, not third and fourth. Or the, the rounds before we went out in anyway. Uh, he scored last-minute winners. As I mentioned earlier, Ben Thompson got recalled by Millwall. David Wheeler got recalled by QPR. So we were really quite quite short on on um, on the first-team squad. So, yeah, we brought in, uh, as you say, Bryn Morris. Uh, Lloyd Isgrove we brought in. Oh, that's a top signing. I didn't um, know you signed him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm fairly certain it's a, lo- it's a loan from is it Charlton or Barnsley. It's one of them. Which well, is, it, it's a strange for them to, to loan him out to us when we're you know, both towards the top of League One. It's an odd odd decision, but we'll take it. Um, and then we have uh, James Vaughan's come in uh, and uh, Viv uh, Viv Solomon Otterbor as well from yeah. Birmingham City. Who from Birmingham, yeah. Um, I don't I don't think he's got any game time yet. Or he not. Was a, he was at Blackpool last season, I think, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he went on a season on loan, but he was uh, Birmingham's young player of the year a couple of years ago. So we've got, or a few years ago, maybe three, four years ago. So again, yeah, yeah high hopes that he can him do something, but. Kenny Jacket doesn't, I mean, probably quite rightly, doesn't do the the whole sign a load of players and then throw them all in without, um, you know, into the into the first game in the first team. He's very much a gradual, gradual sort of him, uh, a gradual, yeah, into the team, yeah, which is certainly for the best. But um, again, when you're when you're on a bad run of form, you're always going to get some fans just saying, "Oh, these these players should all be starting, even though they've only known each other." at Pompey for, you know, five, six weeks or so. But um, I wouldn't expect the team that faces you to have a huge number of those signings in. We've normally been, I mean, Bogle tends to be starting up front um, and Bryn Morris has been starting in in, um, in central defensive midfield. Other than that, I wouldn't expect to see any of those other ones starting unless the manager decides to give our wide players a rest after, after the weekend game because we've got two games in, two games in four days. Sure, we've we've got no game on Saturday, so we've got a bit of extra rest uh, on you. That um, is an advantage. 
there is an advantage, sure, but also there a lot can be said for momentum. So, um, yeah, Pompey very much still in the title race, looking to bounce back from what is for you guys. Um, two very winnable games coming up, uh, South End away, like you said, and ourselves uh, at Fratton Park. Um, the pressure is really on you not to fall away from Barnsley and Luton, like we talked about. Mm. Um, mentally, how strong is your squad and, and, and sort of how are they going to fare going into these two games? I would say mentally we're in a, a stronger place than I probably would have said a couple of years ago. So well, that sounds a bit silly, even though we, you know, we won League Two a couple of seasons ago. But if you look at how we fight back in games now, a lot of the recent games we've been behind in. So the, okay. even the Luton game, we were we lost three two. You know, pulled it back to two one, pulled it back to uh, sorry, pulled it back to one all, pulled it back to two all, and then you know, um, obviously letting the late late equaliser. But in terms of digging deep in games, I don't have many criticisms. We've got we've got a team now that there are a couple of players in who will probably be fairly quickly recognisable to you watching the game on Tuesday who are pretty mentally strong, aren't gonna get overawed by the occasion and will get in, you know, get in the opposition's faces. So one of the problems Pompey had when we were dropping down the leagues is because we couldn't pay pay wages, etc. And all of the normal first team were getting released. We were having to play youth team players. So we were playing 16, 17-year-olds, struggling to feel a match they squad, et cetera, et cetera. And when you're in League Two playing 16-year-olds, the physicality just isn't there. Um, and they were just, you know, just getting out-muscled through no fault of their own at that age. So it's nice now, I think, to see a team where we're potentially mentally stronger, we're physically stronger, and we've got players who are not afraid of getting in a little bit of a, a scrappy game and aren't afraid of, you know, winning ugly I guess for want of a better phrase um, sure. and that as a, as a Pompey fan who saw those 16, 17 year olds just get bullied around the pitch quite a lot for again through no fault of their own it's quite nice to see the shoe on the other foot from time to time at Fratton um, but yeah I'd say I'd back the team to bounce back I'll always back back Pompey I'll always back my club and I'll I completely back the manager and I'm hoping that this Saturday is the start of that, you know, the start of that turnaround in form after a, a dodgy, a dodgy six weeks or so. Sure. Yeah. Well put. Um, I'm sort of hoping that you don't, <laughs> no offense. Um, <laughs> well, we can have the South End result, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you can, you can have the South End result because okay. uh, we're hoping they drop down into the mix as well. Um, we actually played South End a couple of weeks ago. We won two, one up there. Um, <laughs> Rovers right in the relegation mix at the minute. But, and we've missed several good opportunities to sort of pull away from the drop, um, like I spoke about, especially at home. Um, we drew um, nil-nil with Burst and Albion. We lost one-nil to Wickham, and we drew one-one with Shrewsbury, all at home. Right. Uh, which were games we really should have, uh, you know, got at least two wins out of those three and, and pulled ourselves to more reasonable safety. But our away form lately, since um, Graham Coughlin's taken over as manager, has been. It's been nothing short of fantastic. I think we're second in the away form table. We oh, fantastic news. <laughs> yeah, our, our last four games away from home, we won two one at Southend, drew nil nil at Accrington, one two nil at Oxford, and one three one at Walsall. So we seem to be doing better away from home for whatever reason. Um, in my opinion, it's because we do better when teams attack us because we're quite a good counter attacking side mm. and we absorb pressure quite well. Whereas at home, um, a lot of teams, especially near the bottom half come for the for the point mm. um, and, and and sit deep and we have to attack them, which we aren't mm. particularly good at. So I, I'm hoping it's going to be an end-to-end game with you guys, mm. a few goals um, for both sides and hopefully um, 
well, from my point of view, I hope we come out on top, and you'll be you'll be thinking the reverse. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, for 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 um, Bristol, it's for Bristol Rovers. It's essentially when you come to to Fratton, the way that most teams tend to come and get points at Fratton is to uh, frustrate the team, frustrate the Pompey, frustrate the crowd. You get uh, teams time wasting in the first half. Even QPR did that in the cup. <laughs> um, and then the crowd, you can get the crowd starting to get a bit frustrated and then nick a goal and then teams tend to just sit back. The, the uh, Fratton Park is generally, unfortunately, loudest at the moment after we go behind, which is extremely frustrating. Um, the atmosphere is, generally, I'd say, louder when the team is a goal down and needs that push. So what teams tend to do is come here, frustrate the crowd in the first half, time waste, you know, just do your standard away team tactics take the time, goalkeepers taking ages over every goal kick, etc., and annoy the crowd, nick a goal from a set piece or on the break, and then just sit with, you know, nine behind the ball and make Pompey resort to that long ball task, their long ball tactic. And then they sort of tend to see out a, a one-goal win. That's generally how people come to Pompey and win. But again, hopefully that won't be successful in your case. <laughs> yeah, well, what you've described is pretty much over half of our home games because our home form has been dreadful. We've lost right. to so many crap sides. Exactly what you say there, just time-wasting and winding us up. Um, but I, th- I think we're quite... Uh, when we want to be, uh, away, especially away from home under the counter-attack, we are quite uh, a pretty football side. Mm. One touch, sort of. We've got quite a lot of te- <coughs> what I'd call technical footballers, but not very strong footballers. So mm. sort of the one-touch, quick sort of style. Okay. So um, I, I'm not sure we would be like you know as you want to say shit housing all game, but um, well, I think I think I think it'd be a good game. I'm hoping so anyway. Um, yeah, so let's talk a little bit more about the team selections. Like sure. you say, you've had a few injuries. Jack Watmouth um, is probably the main one for you guys, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that is a, a big blow. Jack Watmore is <clears throat> oh, Watmore. Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> okay, no problem. Yeah, he's he's been at Pompey for an extremely long time. He's come through the youth ranks. Um, at the at the team and was pretty integral in terms of our our, um, our success in previous years. But he's he's extremely young, but is just completely plagued by knee injuries. It's horrible to see. As soon as he gets into a good run of form, and he's got a, a really nice centre back partnership with Matt Clark, who is an incredible player. And if we don't get promoted this year, we'll move to the championship at least. Um, yeah, the loss of Jack Walmer is massive. I think. It came out today that his surgery, his, or the, the treatment and surgery, has been has been scheduled for the next week or so. Um, but yeah, it's it's a massive blow, and it's just so frustrating for, to see him repeatedly get injured as soon as um, as soon as he gets into a good a good run of form alongside Matt Clark, uh, Christian Burgess, who's coming to replace him, is an extremely good centre back in my opinion. He's been unfortunate in the last the last few months where he has come in as a replacement. That any mistakes he's made just so happen to have been punished by you know a goal by someone finishing well whereas potentially mistakes that other players have made haven't just haven't been punished quite as clinically uh, so i'd say yeah the the center back pairing is it, it should be fairly solid clark and burgess were our our first choice center back pairing in in league 2 when we came up because again what more uh, was injured for a, a large proportion of the time we in we were in league 2 um but burgess is Probably the well, I'd, it's a relative thing, but he's probably the weaker of the two centre backs. So Burgess is the one with with the longer hair. Um, he's probably the weaker of the two, a bit down on pace, potentially a bit down on confidence. Uh, Matt Clark, our other centre back, again, I think it'll be it'll be fairly obvious that he's 
he's a class apart from a lot of the other players on the pitch on on, on both teams. Um, I'd imagine that he's going to go up to the championship either with us this year or he'll go. I mean, us keeping him in the transfer window was as good as signing a, an incredible new player, to be honest with you. You'll see his, the way he just bursts forward from centre-back into the opposition half and he'll just take the ball from you know the edge of his own uh, own penalty box and he'll just drive through the centre of midfield. Um, so he's, I'd say Matt Clark is probably one of the, the, the two or three key players we have in this side. Okay, who would you say the other key players? Um Potentially, well, our, our top goal scorers are our wingers. So we play this one, we play this four-two-three-one uh, system, and it tends to be fairly long ball up to whoever that one is up top, whether it's Bogle or Hawkins. And then you'll either have Ronan Curtis on the left, who we got on an absolute steal from from uh, Derry in Ireland, or Jamal Lowe on the right, who are our, our quick attacking wingers, or you'll have someone in centre uh, centre attacking mid who recently has been Gareth Evans, but there's a few players it could potentially be. But Curtis and Lowe have looked tired, I'd say, recently, slightly leggy. So if they start Saturday, I'm not sure if they'll start Tuesday and, and vice versa. Uh, but they are probably the, the two danger men on their day. When it comes back to what I was saying earlier about you know not potentially playing nice football, like friendly football, Ronan Curtis is definitely a man I would absolutely hate to play against him. Uh, first few games, I think it was the first three games of the season, two of the opposition right-backs refused to shake his hand at the end of the game. <laughs> he's given him so much grief, so much mouth. Um, I can't remember which game it was near the end of the season. We were two or three goals up at, in injury time and him and Brett Pittman just took, uh, It was there were two nutmegs within the last 15 seconds of the game down in the corner. They were just trying to take the mick out of the other team as much as possible. Um, Curtis gave a bit of lip to I think it was Plymouth fans when when they were down at Fratton he just likes giving it out Um, but the problem is that teams have started to double up on Lowe and Curtis in games so they are less effective now so they're not having that space to run into which is when they're really dangerous Um, again Curtis there have been rumours that he doesn't get on with a couple of members of the the squad so uh, again rumours that him and Brett Pittman aren't best friends Um, and there was a uh, in the warm-up for one of our recent home games, uh, Curtis and Dion Donahue squared up to each other after Donahue went in a bit hard in the warm-up. Um, so he's he's not the, the friendliest person on the planet, but I'd absolutely hate to play against him. So yeah, I'd look out for the two the two attacking wingers. And to be fair, now if he's starting, then and Bogle has looked seriously good when um, when he's played since since joining us. So yeah, the, the front three of of the so Bogle, Curtis, and Lowe. Evans in centre attacking mid, if, assuming he starts. Um, he, again, was an absolutely integral part of us coming up from League Two, but he was playing uh, right back at that point for a lot of the season. Um, right back or right mid, but he's been adapted into a League One central midfielder and has done a fairly good, well, he's done a pretty good job, to be fair to him, yeah. Um, he was one of those players that when we came up from League Two, a, a good proportion of fans weren't sure if he was going to cut it at League One. He was you know, good player at League Two, standard might not quite have the edge at League One, but he's stepped up. He's probably been the biggest surprise for me this season at how he's, he's stepped up in terms of his performances, changed his posi- position in the starting eleven, and still played at a, a good League One standard. And he's just an absolute workhorse. He'll he'll run all 90. Um, not the quickest player in the world, but he will just, you know, first minute, 95th minute, he will keep just box to box, essentially, as much as he can until he's dead on his feet. Um, but yeah, Ronan Curtis and Jamal, I'd say the two danger men, if you give them space, um, which I'm imagining your manager will be telling your team not to. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bogles look pretty decent. Those, they're probably those three key, and then Clark in defence. That'd be the four I would I'd single out. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it might be a busy afternoon for our defence. I'm no. hoping so. To be honest, with you. <laughs> yeah. well, they, they tend to keep busy, but um, our away record is the second defensively is the second best in the league. Okay. Um, so it's <coughs> both of our our centre backs. I think actually all of our back line is under six foot. Um, Okay, that might be good for for Bogle then. It, it might be good for Bogle. I yeah, but, see a lot of high balls then. Of yeah, we have ball. we have quite a tall goalkeeper. That's the only thing. So I think okay. he mitigates the threat quite a lot from crosses. <clears throat> um, okay. But on the ground, our centre backs are quite good. Um, they don't often. We got Tom Lockyer who plays. Who's um, come through our youth ranks. He's twenty four years old now. He's been playing for some, a fair few years. He gets uh, capped by Wales now um, every now and again. So. Um, he's a bright prospect for the future and he's our captain so he's he's last season he didn't have a great season but this season he's been so much better his distribution's not great but defensively he's, he's very good and got absolute workhorse Tony Craig next to him so um, two experienced centre-backs who can hopefully deal with Bogle <clears> but um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a bit sort of concerned with the quality in your attack as any team should be coming going away to third in the league a team who were actually top of the league for large portions of the season so far. Um, I think Rovers are probably going to start Johnson Clark Harris, who's our new striker who we signed from Coventry in yeah. January on deadline day. Um, he's an absolute big bastard. He's nasty. He gets stuck in. He's got tattoos on his neck. He's he's hard That's to play. With. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean we've been too pretty up front. If you like, we we haven't got anyone nasty. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had that problem for a while. So I yeah. Understand that well. Hopefully, he'll find his way out of Matt Clark's pocket at the end. Of the- <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. But okay. yeah, I think if uh, Curtis and Lowe turn up, then you know if they if they found some form back, then your your um, right and left back should be slightly worried. But I guess we'll just have yeah. to wait and see. What are your um, your wing backs like pace wise? So Sarik Holmes Dennis is very quick. Um, you said yeah, yeah. He's fine. Right back is where we struggle. We've got three right backs. Um, uh, the, the one we've played the most is James Clark, who's actually a natural centre back. Um, but he's been playing right back this season, and he's actually probably been our, one of our best players. Okay. Um, he's just really solid. Um, doesn't really put a foot wrong, but he's not very quick. Uh, that's the only thing. So, like you're saying, if, if would it be Jamal Low on that side attacking on the um, left wing? Yeah, uh, be Curtis on the left, Low on the right. So Curtis, so, it'll be Curtis they, versus James Clark. Very occasionally they'll um, swap over halfway through a game, but okay. it, or at some point in the second half, but it will generally be Curtis starting on the left, Lowe starting on the right. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. the last few games we've played Joe Partington, who isn't so good. Um, he's struggled in League One since we signed him from Eastleigh. Um, he started okay, but he's just not looked... He doesn't look like he's cutting the mustard, to be it's honest. a big jump up from Eastleigh to, to League One. Yeah. Too. He was he was Eastley's captain and uh, he played for Bournemouth quite a bit in League One back okay. in the day. Um, so he's found his way back to League One, but he's 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 not very quick. He gets done quite often. He played the last game at Shrewsbury. He probably had one of the worst games I've ever seen a Rovers player have this season. So um, I'm hoping we go back to James Clark at right back, um, but he's not particularly quick. So I think that could be the key area. I think left back will be okay because Holmes Dennis has got. Um, a great amount of quality at this level and he'll probably he'll have a challenge but he'll be up for it and he'll he, probably... he should know Jamal though I'd imagine from, from his brief time at Pompey so he should have a, he'll have a good idea of what he's getting himself into anyway at the start of the game yeah there's that too so yeah that's um, 
there's a, there's going to be a fair few battles in 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 the game. Um, why don't we go and get some score predictions uh, before we wrap this up? Then, um, what are you going to go with, uh, Andy, for your score prediction? I'm going to go out there and put us out there to keep a clean sheet. I'd back us to keep a clean sheet Tuesday night. If we again, I think a lot of this depends on how we get on at South End. If we can grab a win at South End, I would back us to you know put back to back together. Um, I think it'll be a close game because, as you say, your well, your form and our form are, are pretty much opposite at this moment in time, and your your away form is extremely good. I'd say Pompey by by a goal, so I'd go. I've, I've said we're going to keep a clean sheet, so I guess that's Pompey one nil. Okay, yeah, that, we'll, that, I think we'll nick one and then nick one at the start of the second half and put a few men behind the ball and see it out because we're normally fairly good at restricting other teams from having chances if we've got a lead. That's that's normally something I'd back us to do. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Um, How about yourself? I'm, I'm going to stick with what I was saying earlier, and I think it's going to be quite end-to-end. Um, we like to counter-attack. You're obviously going to be attacking us. I know you play, like you say, quite a bit of long, not long ball. It is long ball, but it's not hoof ball. Mm. It's uh, effective long ball. So um, your your wingers would be quite high. I think we are quite good at absorbing pressure and countering. So um, I'm going to be optimistic, and I'm going to say 2-2. That's what I'm going to go with. So um, one of if you're optimistic about your countering, one of the, the goals we conceded recently, I've mentioned earlier Matt Clark's smashing runs down the middle. Um, occasionally that can leave us short at the back. So one of the, may have been the Doncaster game um, where he got caught um, up the other end of the pitch, essentially and left Burgess by himself. And Burgess misjudged uh, the bounce of the ball. And, and we conceded that way. So... Yeah, if you're good on the break, it might be interesting to see how quickly Pompey are covering Matt Clark when he, you know, bursts forward through the middle. If we can get that centre back cover, we might be all right. But if if we leave Burgess isolated at the back at that point, we might struggle. And if you're a good team on the break, sure. Well, that's that's how we scored at South End. Uh, the second goal was, I think, one of their centre centre backs had driven forwards, lost the ball, um, and on the counter, um, we had a player dink it into that space, and uh, a second striker run through and score go through mm. on goal and score so um there's definitely the threat there i think i think i'm going to back us to score um a couple of goals hopefully but it probably be if i'm realistic 2-1 um, or 2-0 pompey but uh, i'm i'm hoping we're going to be effective because on our day on the counter away from home especially lately we've looked very dangerous we've created a lot of chances at south end and um yeah judging by your slump in form, I'm I'm hoping that we can take advantage, but um, you never know. This is the thing with football is you can never predict. So let's just fingers crossed um, for for us respectively that we'll get the result we're looking for. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, we can't both, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our results: we haven't conceded more than <clears throat> sorry, we've conceded one, more than one at home once since uh, the 23rd of October. So yeah, I'd back us not to concede too many. We just keep going okay, yeah. yeah well like you say if your defense is as good as it says as, as you say it is then i'm probably back up now, a home win <laughs> uh, open. yeah well thanks for joining me andy uh very much appreciate you, no, taking lovely to, talk to, you. To, to talk to me i know we'll both be hoping for hoping for different results but all the best for the rest of the season after tuesday and hopefully you can knock some of our relegation rivals uh into misery absolutely um, <laughs> pull away from the relegation scrap Thanks very much. And uh, thanks for listening. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, 
please do give it a share on social media. It really helps us out um, getting out there to as many people as possible. We'll be back next week with a full episode discussing the Pompey result and looking ahead to the Sunderland game. Until then, I've been Max Alderson. Have a good week and thanks for listening. Bristol Rovers fans podcast.